welcome. You're listening to The Human Resource. My name is Pandy Pridemore. I'm so glad you came back. Now, if you were listening last week, I told you that today's show is going to be focused on I-9s. And I'm actually planning on teaching you how to do a self-audit. Now, uh, I-9s, you know, let's go over that again. Employment eligibility form must be taken at the time that a new hire starts and overseen by Homeland Security. This is, this is not an, a if-I-feel-like-doing form. This is a must-have. And again, as we talked in the last show, the fines for the mistakes on this form have gone up. So the range for mistakes on this form are $252 now to $2,057. And that's per form, guys. That's not for your entire company. That's per form. This can get serious. And and we talked last week about a staffing agency that had been fined $1.5 million just on the errors they found on the I-9s. So here's the deal. I don't want you to have that problem. And our show's too short for me to completely talk to you about all the major problems that we have seen with these I-9s. Again, they're legal documents, but I did come up with 10 that as a consultant, I see on a regular basis. So here's my thought. Go get your I-9s. I'll keep babbling here for a little bit. Go get your I-9s and let's start walking through some of these things and just check your stuff. I mean, how many times do we bring in an outside auditor to check our finances, right? You have an extra new set of fresh eyes. Well, my theory is if you have not had your labor law attorney or an HR consultant come in and do an audit on your I-9s, now would be a good time. Just just take Pandy's word for it. Do it. Make me happy. So here we go. Remember, the I-9 has currently... 15 pages of instructions. And I can, I I would be willing to bet that the majority of you have not read those instructions. So I'm going to go over some errors. And I want you to just, at this point, don't make any corrections on your forms. In fact, take a post-it. This is, this is what I do for a lot of my clients. Take a post-it and make a notation on the post-it as to what the error is. Here's why I'm telling you to do that. Because page one errors have to be corrected by the employee. Page two can be corrected by the company representative. So if you start red penning and and doing a bunch of corrections on that page one, you're already in error. So here we go. Oh, and then then I'm going to talk about my pet peeve. (sighs) I'm really excited about sharing this because I get really passionate about my biggest pet peeve around these I-9s. But here we go. All right. I want you to all look up in the upper right-hand corner of your form and tell me what the expiration date is. And then I want you to go down and look at the time period or the date that the individual completed the form. Is there anything funny there? Because one of the top 10 mistakes that I find as a consultant is that the form that they completed was expired or outdated at the time the new employee started. 
And guys, I know this is so easy because many of you are still working on paper. You you have very efficient administrative assistants or you're very efficient and you print up a whole bunch of these forms and you've got them in a file. So the hiring authority or whoever's onboarding can just grab those forms and go. But huge, huge error. If that's an expired form at the time that the employee filled it out, you have to redo that form. So put it aside. Mark that as a major issue. The number two biggest complaint or or oversight is that the forms aren't completed. And what I mean by that is, just as a really good example, go to page two and tell just just take a look at it and tell yourself, you know, are the documents completed? Is the date of employment there in section two? Has that been completed? Or are the copies of the documents just attached to the I-9 and someone put it aside and said, oh, I'll complete that later? Happens all the time. Happens all the time. We're in a rush. We've got other paperwork that we need to finish with this onboarding and this new hire. And we just take copies of the documents. They've completed page one. We shove them all together and we push them aside and we never go back and complete them. There you go. Error two. Error three, inconsistent document collection. Now, what do I mean by that? It is not appropriate or acceptable for you to handpick or randomly pick who you collect documents from. So if you start, and let me, let me back up, even cop, making copies of the documents, you have to collect documents from everybody. Okay, so if you don't have any documents, oh, huge faux pas, huge, huge. But if you're only making copies of documents from certain individuals, and then we look at other I-9s and there's no proof that you ever saw the documents, you didn't make copies of those, that's a major error. If you start making copies of the documents, you have to continue that all the way through. If you don't have documents or you were taking them and then you stopped at some point, It could be seriously challenged at that point as to whether you were discriminating against the individuals you did take documents from versus the ones that you didn't. So you really want to be careful with that. With that same line, error four is when we take too many documents. If you've got copies of your documents sitting there, do you have a copy of a passport and a driver's license? Because I cannot tell you how many times... I see that we have something from list A, but then all of a sudden there's an item from list B, the driver's license, on the same page. We we just made copies of both of them at the same time, and we've got them in with the I-9. Now, the individual that I'm working with normally says, oh, well, we took the driver's license because they're driving for us, and I needed it as identification for the insurance. Okay, that sounds completely reasonable, but it's a violation If you leave that list B item in the I-9 documents when you already have list A. And remember, list A is completely appropriate by itself. And if you cannot get a document from list A, then we go with something from B and C. 
So list A is all by itself. And if we can't do that, we collect something from B and C. If you have documents that are, you have too many documents, you've got a birth certificate, a driver's license, and a passport. Oh, get rid of something. Shred, shred. Choose what you're going to keep and shred the rest. Here's a real common one. Look at those dates. You've got a date on page one up at the top. You've got a date down by the signature. And then you've got uh, two or three different places where dates are appropriate, four different places where dates are appropriate on page two. Take a real good hard look at those dates. Notice that those dates need to be two, two, and four. Two numbers for the month, two for the day, and four for the year. Go ahead. Take a big deep breath. I know it seems minor. I know it seems silly, but to an auditor, if you're making these kind of mistakes, there's a good chance that they're going to dig even deeper and ask for even more of your I-9s to review. So this is all trying to help you. I know I know. I, I have more employers that look at me and go, are you freaking kidding me? You're looking at the dates? Yes. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. If DHS wants two date, uh, two numbers for the month and two months, for, uh, two numbers for the the day, then we're going to give it to them. Uh, go back to page one. Look down there below the signature and the date where the employee signs. Is that preparer block checked? It's a little. It's on the I nine that I've got in front of me. It's a little darkened. Some of your I-9s, if they're older, may not even ask that question. But here in the, in the past, I believe, 10 years or so, there will be a, a, a box that asks if the preparer or translator certification, you check one. If that's on a more, more recent I-9, that needs to be checked. So write it on your post-it if, if the employee missed that on page one. Then here's a good one. And I'll, I know somebody's listening. Somebody listening has missed this one. This is a very common one. Go to page two and look up at the top where it says section two, employer and authorized representative. Go down to that white section of blocks where it says employee info from section one. Is that completed? Do you have the employee's name in there? And here's why that's so vital. Not only is it because it, it should be there because the DHS is asking for it, but guys, think about this for a minute. If you don't have the employee's name in that section and you have the I-9 in separate pages, it's not front to back, page one, page two, you have no idea who that individual is or who those documents belong to because you have no other name area on page two. That is a huge one that people overlook, but is probably the most important piece of information on that entire page. So please, that's your page, HR rep. That's your page. You can go in and make that correction, but hold tight. Just keep the post-it on the side and then go over where it says citizenship immigration status. I don't know how many people put USA or US, but if you read your instructions, 
that's actually information that's supposed to coincide and reflect what the employee put in section on page one, where it says one is a citizen of the United States. Number two is, um, oh gosh, let me put my glasses on. A non-citizen, national of the United States. Number three, a, a lawful permanent resident. That's actually supposed to be a number in that field, citizenship and immigration status. Now, again, that's page two, so you can make that correction, but write it on your post-it. Number nine is, this is my pet peeve, so you're going to get it. And, and if you get upset with me, I don't care. Because this, this is, if, if, if some of my clients had been audited before we caught this, I'm telling you that the fines would have been, have, have been absolutely ridiculous. And this is so easy to, to correct. But many payroll companies offer the I-9 as a part of the onboarding process. And I'm not going to mention any of them because one of them is actually a strategic business partner of mine. But um, they offer the, you know, the convenience. You send a link to the employee. They can fill out their tax forms, their banking information. And all of a sudden, the I-9 pops up. The employee can fill out page one. Sometimes they download their, their documents on there and the employer goes, yay, all that new hire paperwork has been completed. And then somebody like me shows up and I say, can I see your new hire paperwork? And they go, sure, yeah. And guess what? It's all electronic. It's safe. It's secure. We, we just love this online onboarding. Except when I look at it with my eyes, I'm looking at the date and it's just blaring that the link went out to the prospective employee or the, the new hire days before their actual first day of employment. So the one, the one I looked at the other day, the individual had completed it on the 18th and their actual new hire date wasn't till the following Monday, which would have been the 21st. I look at the employer and said, oh my gosh, you do realize that page one is supposed to be completed on the day of hire, day one. And they looked at me and said, oh, well, you know, it, it's okay because our payroll company says it's, it's, it's okay to get collect that on onboarding with the online link. I said, no, you're, you, let, me, let me say this again. The new hire is supposed to fill this out on day one. You had them fill it out three days prior. Yeah, but my payroll company told me I could do that. Guys, I'm telling you right now, your payroll company is not telling you that you can change the rules that DHS has put in, in place for this I-9. Your payroll company is not going to take the responsibility of you asking your prospective employee or your new hire for identifying documents and, and filling out this document prior to their first day of employment. So, I'm trying to be really nice about this, but please understand that you are responsible for meeting the compliance aspects of the I-9. And if you have had your new hires or your, your, your new employees complete those I-9s online in your payroll system prior to the first day of employment, they're all wrong. You've, you've just gotten a ding on every single one of those forms. And only the auditor that's going to be 
auditing you. And believe me, somebody listening to the show is going to get audited. They, they, it's, it's going to happen. But whoever the auditor is, they will decide whether it's the $252 per form or because you've done this with all your employees, whether they're going to increase that. So there's my pet peeve. I just, I just, my skin crawls when I see companies taking I-9s online like that. And then, and that's number nine, my number 10, my most common, absolute worst mistake is not taking the I-9 at all. And if you were listening to the show last week, you heard me talk about a staffing agency who, believe it or not, had made that mistake over 500 times. They had just failed to collect I-9s on over 513 of their employees over a period of a, of a year. Guys, it really isn't that difficult. And I'm not saying that that this is going to fix all your problems, but if you found some of these errors in the I-9s that you currently have for your active employees, please, please, please understand you need to be audited even thoroughly, more thoroughly. Get with your labor law attorney. Get with your HR consultant or contact me and I'll find somebody for you. But don't get trapped in a situation where you end up having to look at your boss, your business owner, your employer, and say, wow, I had no idea. Because now you do. My name is Pandy Pridemore, and you've been listening to the Human Resource 